Hashtag SAFMBTH. We're in conversation next with uh, Patrick Bond, distinguished professor from the University of uh, Johannesburg, as India prepares to host the G20 summit, which uh, commences tomorrow in New Delhi. We chat to Professor Patrick Bond about some of the key issues that are likely to be discussed by world leaders, as this year's summit is aimed at creating a more inclusive world. But what's in it for South Africa and Africa as a whole? What kind of agenda is on our president's agenda when he is going to uh, the summit? What is it that he will be trying to advance? Professor Patrick Bond now joining us on the line. Prof, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. A big one, of course, as uh, the Prime Minister of India has also said is the inclusion of the African Union. But what is in it for the continent? Well, it's so nice to be with you and the listeners, Alton. You know, the rhetoric about both the AU becoming a member and also human rights being on the agenda at a time when, especially in the host country, India, with so many of their oppressions, even against local poor people who have been shifted out of the way, or Kashmiris or Muslims, and the conflicts that India has on the border with China, uh, it's a time to raise human rights. We've just had uh, two and a half weeks ago, the BRICS leaders come and they've chosen some violators of human rights to join them from Saudi Arabia, UAE, Iran, Egypt, for example. And um, I think this is this extraordinary moment where if the AU is really serious, it will do what yesterday and the day before it was talking about in Nairobi, which is human rights via the climate catastrophe for funding. And it's, of course, the G20 with the combination of the G7, the rich countries, and these emerging markets, the, the very high polluting countries, you know, like China, not represented by Xi Jinping, uh, but by Li Keqiang, who's the premier, or uh, Vladimir Putin, not coming from Russia, but instead, again, Sergei Lavrov. But they, they do have, as the G20, the responsibility to address these big, big problems like climate, but also human rights. The problem about climate, that was a point that was raised by the United Nations Secretary General during the BRICS summit as well. But another point that he raised was around the transformation of international financial institutions or global financial institutions. Um, And I see that the White House is saying that, of course, that is going to be on the agenda. But do we expect a proclamation coming out of the summit that actually says that now we are going to work on the path of towards that transformation and also, I guess, the definition of what that transformation looks like. Precisely. And uh, Aldrin, that's where we've got a very serious danger, that is that the new World Bank president who took over in June from Donald Trump's appointee, uh, Trump had appointed a, a very, very sinophobic and climate denialist man called David Malpass, who was kind of pushed out by the Biden administration, but they replaced him with A.J. Banga. And um, the people listening who may get social grants may know that the MasterCard that they use for the cash paymaster services when it was in existence before it was pushed into bankruptcy in 2020. That was A.J. Banga. He even came to Soweto. He came to uh, Elias Matsuleri uh, shack settlement right next to Krasani Baragwanath's hospital. And this is one of the most interesting questions. Will the World Bank under A.J. Banga, who will be at the G20 meeting in Delhi, but will it change in a good way? Or as you right to question what kind of transformation will it be more corporate oriented microfinance based predatory in character or could the world bank do a lot more to for example address some of its huge climate liabilities i would say our biggest single you know corruption case in the dupi case in which escom uh, allowed uh, hitachi to bribe the african national congress as the u.s uh, prosecution confirmed in 2015 we've done nothing about it but it really is time for the world bank to say why are we still trying to collect 
uh, 50 billion rand from poor South Africa for a corrupt coal-fired power plant that doesn't work. So I'd love to see that, but look, I don't have any expectations that we're going to see a major shift in the way they, uh, you know, business as usual is, is conducted. And the IFIs in general, we, we got a very, uh, let's say, a depressing um, message from the BRICS when they met uh, just two and a half weeks ago in Santon because they said, uh, look, we, we actually aren't going to de-dollarize. We're not going to put up uh, a much more substantive challenge to the power of the US dollars, the international financial institutions, where the BRICS have bigger and bigger membership shares, up to 15%, but they haven't done anything even to change the leading personnel. Thank you so much for your time. Patrick Bondi, a distinguished professor from the University of Johannesburg on the G20 Summit.